work it out. Hallelujah. This week I was meditating on this song, this very same song, that God will work it out. I was just imagining a future. You know some of the, some of the things I think are when we, some of the worst things about fear is, which is what I wanted to speak today, is that it makes you feel like you're by yourself. Like fear has the worst, if there was one thing I want to describe fear as today to you, is it's the worst false prophet that you can imagine. Because it tries to make you imagine that you're by yourself. It tries to make you imagine that there's no hope. It is the worst false prophet in your life. Fear does that to you. It tells you a message that is not true. It tells you that there's a future where God isn't with you and that is not true. Like I can't imagine a future without him because he's always gonna be there for me. Don't let fear make anxiety part of your natural life. Like, I want you to understand, the minister read a chapter, I think it was in Psalm Psalms 91, was it? Yes, sir, Psalms 91. He says, in one part of Psalms 91, he, he kind of struck me because he said, I will not be afraid. Like, David was saying in the Psalms, can you find that verse for me? He, he said, David said in his Psalms, I will not be afraid. He was telling us and himself, I won't let this happen. Like, I will not let this happen. Like, my future is with the Lord. I'm not going to let this fear happen to me. <laughs> Psalms, what, can you read that? Psalms 91, verse 5. Yeah. Thou shalt not be afraid right. for the terror by night, yes. nor for the arrow that flyeth by night. Look, the two things he mentioned to be afraid of are actually frightening things. The, he literally calls it a terror by night. That's the definition of frightening. And an arrow which can hurt and maim you is literally the thing to be afraid of. But he says, no, I'm not going to be afraid. It is danger. It is dangerous. But I'm not going to be afraid. And I need you to tell yourself that on a daily basis. I don't care what they're saying about me. I don't care how bad the road is. I don't care how bad it looks. I will not be afraid. Thank you, Jesus. One thing I know, one thing I found, is that God is going to work this out. Let me, let me touch, let me go to a scripture I've been meaning to speak to, 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 speak to the church to about today. And it kind of locks into the same message. Psalms 56 is a psalm about dealing with fear. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's a psalm about dealing with anxiety. And it's not like this is the kind of fear and anxiety that he's making up. This is a very real fear and a very real anxiety. Psalms 56, if you have your Bibles, I'll be reading this for you. If you don't, I can read this for you. Actually, there's a part right at the top of Psalms. You'll notice there's a little inscription before the verse starts. This today, I want to do something different because I want to read that little inscription before the psalm starts because this is important to the context of the psalms. This is to the chief musicians, and I'm going to struggle with the pronunciation of these Hebrew words here, so excuse me. To the chief musicians upon Joneth Elem Rekokim, Mitchum of David, when the Philistines took him in Gath. Yeah. I'm going to read the scripture, but then I'm going to tell you the background of why it said that in a second. Let me read the scripture first. This is Psalms 56, 1 through 13. Psalms 56, 1 through 13. Yes, it reads this thus. 
Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. That's the heart of my message today. Verse 3, I'm going to read it one more time, then I'll continue. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Oh God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they rest my words, all their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together, they hide themselves, they mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In thine anger cast down the people, O God. Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears in thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know. Yes. For God is for me. In God I will, will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will re render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Yes, he has. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling? that I may walk before God in the light of the living. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Hallelujah, glory to the name. We do honor the word of the Lord. I believe it's truth. I believe it's salvation to my soul. Um, so today I wanted to talk to you about fear and more generally about anxiety. Um, there's so much going on in the world today. I mean, from, you know, wars, terrorism, you know, as, as a person who's in technology and worked in technology, I'm, a, I'm really aware of the attacks on the United States, the things that are attack, they're attacking certain infrastructure of the United States. They attacked a, a, a pipeline the other day. They attacked a waterworks the other day. Um, so there's various things going on. It doesn't look like war, but it's attacks nonetheless. Um, this pandemic has made us kind of, you know, anxious about going out, anxious about, should I hug this person, shouldn't I? Should I shake their hand, shouldn't I? It's kind of always in the back of our heads. But I, I want us to be very careful about allowing anxiousness and fear to sit in us as if it's a welcome guest. I don't want it in my heart like it's a welcome guest. Like, and this thing about anxiousness and fear, there's a part of it that is perfectly natural. What do I mean by that? Um, when we are in danger, <laughs> the, the body has a natural response to danger. Like, danger's real. Like, when I was young, I remember I was scared of dogs. I think I may have shared this before. I was scared of dogs, deathly afraid of dogs. And so, whenever I saw a dog, my natural instinct was to run. As far as I'm concerned, that's the most dangerous thing on the planet and I don't want anything to do with it. Right, right, yes. it, it, could be a, it could be a little chihuahua, it could be a great day, and I don't want anything to yes, do with yes. any of you, right? But um, after a while, I realized that my fear wasn't rational at all. Like, some of those dogs were perfectly friendly, right? They were perfectly fine, but somehow fear had made me think that that chihuahua was a grizzly bear. That's not rational. 
That's not rational, right? But fear does have some useful things. If I'm in the middle of a jungle, you know, in, 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 in some part of the remote world, mm -hmm. and I hear a sound, it's going to be helpful if my body's ready if it's a predator. So what the limbic system, I did a little bit of reading, you have this thing called the limbic system in your, in your head, and it connects your body, right? So if it thinks some danger is going to occur, the body says to the, your body, okay, I'm going to take all the blood from your stomach and from your skin. That's why people go pale, right, when they get nervous and scared. It's because all the blood from their skin is going to their muscles. Because you need to get ready to do something. You feel that sinking feeling in your stomach because all the blood is saying, you don't need to eat right now. What you need to do is get ready to run. So it drains all the feeling out of your stomach and so you feel awful, but really your body's working for you. It's preparing you for whatever's about to come, right? What else happens? Your eyes dilate, they get bigger because they're getting ready to see everything. Like they want to make sure what's going on right now. Now this is a natural response. This is reasonable for the body to do this. But sometimes when panic happens, it's because this, this natural body response is triggering for the wrong reasons. <laughs> like panic is when it's just triggering for any old reason. Like the, 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 my, the thing I was cooking didn't turn out right. We start to panic. That's not the, what the limbic system is supposed to do. It's not supposed to kick in there. And I've noticed that this world is triggering us in multiple ways, re repeatedly. But I'm not worried about what your body's doing. I'm worried about what you're doing once you have that feeling. That's what, that's what David is talking about in this Psalms. He's talking about, I am afraid, but that's not what's going to drive me. Like I'm feeling something that feels like danger right now, but I will trust in the Lord. Like, I don't want you to worry about what the feeling in your stomach is like. That's not what I'm talking about when I talk about fear. Yeah. What I talk about when I talk about fear is what you do when you start to feel that way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hey Amen. Let's go to the scripture here again. So back to the scripture. I want to read that first top part of what David is reading here. He says to the chief musicians, he's got a testimony about what happened to him when he left, um, when he left David, when, he, when David left Saul. If you remember, David was a national hero of the children of Israel. He defeated Goliath. This was a, this is like having somebody famous, like General MacArthur or something, something like that. This guy is well known. He's known as a military advisor at this point, but Saul's jealousy and that spirit that is upon King Saul has turned him against David. Now David is on the run. He runs away from Saul because Saul's trying to kill him. And this psalm is directly in the path of that story. Because David runs from, from um, Israel and runs straight to Gath. Gath is the place that Goliath is from. You remember? Goliath of Gath. So he runs all the way. The person who was his enemy, now he's looking for help from those people. But they recognize who he is. And the story goes like this. David is so afraid in that moment. He's so afraid of what it means to now be caught by the people whose champion he's beaten that he starts to act like a madman. The scripture says he starts to drool and dribble and he starts to, starts to mess around in the dirt. And he does all this because he's so afraid that this is his response. And this particular psalm is David talking about that fear. 
So let me read that, that snippet right at the start again. It says, To the chief musicians upon Jonathan Elem Rockim, victim of David, when the Philistines took him in Gath. This is what we are talking about right now. He's so afraid that the people who he just they've defeated, yes, yeah. now that he's at their mercy. Yes, he's in the middle of people who have not only talked about him. If you remember, the king of Gath said to David, isn't this the guy, when he saw him dribbling and doing all the crazy things, he said, isn't this the one who they said Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousand? He was making fun of David while he was pretending to be mad so he could tr save his own life. So now he's going to verse 1. Look what he starts by saying, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Now you see the context of this chapter. He's standing there in front of the king of Gath, this enemy of Israel, this enemy of God, and he's having to act like he's crazy because he's so scared. Here's the thing about fear that I want us to dismiss with chapter 56. David isn't just talking about it. He's offered the whole story to a musician. <laughs> and he said to this musician, I want you to put this, this whole song, this poetry, this lyrics to music and sing it. I want you to know when you're afraid, there's no reason for you to be alone. Like, I want you to reach out to somebody if fear is starting to hit you. David is letting everybody know, yes, I was afraid, but the Lord helped me in the time of trouble. And he's unashamed of saying, this is my worst day. This is what it felt like. This is where I was. This is how I was doing. And I was almost overwhelmed, but I trusted in the name of the Lord. Don't be afraid of the way it might look for other people. You don't want to take this burden on by yourself. You need help. Let me pray for you. Let Sister Flag pray for you. Let the minister pray for you. Let him pray with you. You are not alone. One of the things in scripture that said repeatedly, the Lord, the one of the, the most important or most repeated structure in scripture is fear not. That's the repeated thing in scripture. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Don't doesn't it repeat over and over again. Fear not. Fear not. One of the things we've got to remember with that is it says, fear not, for I am with you. Yes, sir. For I am with you. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Gosh, you're not alone. Part of the problem of fear is that it, it makes us isolated. Like it makes us shrink. It makes us retreat. And I'm telling you, you've got to put some trust in the Lord because he is with you. No need to shrink. I know how it feels in the stomach. I know you've gone pale. But that's not the fear I'm worried about. I'm, fear about the, I'm worried about the fear that makes you retreat and makes you go small. <laughs> Verse 2. My enemies would daily swallow me up. This is how close my enemies are to me. They would swallow me. They're that close. This is something to be literally afraid of. Enemies that would literally eat you alive. That, it says, for they be many that fight against me. O thou most high. Thank you, Lord. Verse 3. And look at what he says in verse 3. 
This is what I think we need to get more comfortable with doing. He says, what time I am afraid. Another way to say this is, when I am afraid. Like, I think we need to stop the denial. Like, sometimes we are getting worried. But the difference, let me just read verse 3 and 4, because they go together. I'm so excited today. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Look at the journey David takes. He says, what time or when I'm afraid, I will trust in him. He's letting you know that there's a time when he's afraid. That actually happens. But then he says, I'm gonna, that's the time I'm going to take to trust. That's the moment I'm going to trust. When I am afraid, I'm going to trust then. Like at my worst then, Lord, I know you're going to make a way for me. I'm not going to listen to that fearful false prophet that's telling me I'm alone. I'm not going to tell, listen to that future leaning and future vision that tells me something worse is going to happen. I'm going to trust in you. Look what it says in verse 4. In God I will praise his word. Now he's talking about trust and praise. (laughs) And then he goes on to say, in God I will put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. So David in two verses goes from when I'm afraid, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. he goes all the way from when I am afraid to I will not fear. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What sits in the middle? Yes, sir. What sits in the middle on, of I am afraid, on, yes, I am not afraid, yes, is trust yes, and praise. Yes, There's a journey in two verses where David goes from being scared to being without fear. Yes, sir. Without fear. You sometimes think that you need to have some grand journey to go from being not af- to being afraid to being not afraid. The only thing you need is trust right in the middle. The Lord is telling you, don't be afraid, I'm with you. And if you believe it, that means you believe he's with me, I'm not alone. In that second I can go from being afraid to being completely fearless. Yes, my skin might still have gone pale. Yes, my eyes may still be dilated. Yes, my stomach may still be feeling funny from the fear, but I'm not afraid anymore. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't worry about what your limbic system's doing. That's what it's it's supposed to do. Worry about who you're trusting in. You are not alone, saints. I need you to understand that you are not alone. The Lord is with you. That's his promise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, what time I am afraid, when I'm afraid. He he acts like it's inevitable. Like that's part of being human. It was necessary and normal for us to kind of feel fear at some point. But God will not leave us alone. He will not leave us alone. What are you going to do with your fear? What are you going to do with the things that you're feeling? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What are you going to do with it? The question is you could run. You could take off. This is true. You could avoid the problem. 
Or you could use that fear to learn the lesson that the Lord is trying to show you. Like that you're supposed to have your focus somewhere else. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me keep reading here. Look at what he says. He says, in verse verse 4, he says, I will not fear what flesh can do to me. And then he spends the next few verses actually describing what flesh can do to him. Like, he's not afraid to explore this. And I'm wondering sometimes if our trying to avoid a fear is letting fear dictate what it is. Like you're trying to not talk about it or think about it, but it's sitting there in the back, anxiously gnawing at you, messing with you, because you haven't chosen to name it, and to decide what you're going to do with it, it sits there gnawing at the back of your head. That kind of anxiety, that kind of general anxiety you let sit there. But I think it's sometimes time where we turn around and have a look at exactly what we're actually scared of. And I think we will find it's not nearly as bad as we think it is when we consider that the Lord is with us. Don't let it sit there hiding behind whatever your daily life's tasks are. I want you to look at what it is and tell that thing the Lord is with me. Who's with you? If the Lord is with me, that means the Lord can't be with my fear, which means I'm doing better than you. Thank you, Lord. You said in verse 6, they gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. They know everything about me. They know where I'm going. They know where I'm hanging out. They seem to be, they not only know where I'm going to go, they're there already when I'm there. Like, my fears are everywhere. He's saying I can't escape this. Imagine David when he was inspired to write this, what he was talking about. David was, in fact, um, on, his ro- on the run from, from Israel. He had nowhere to go. If he went back to Israel, Saul was trying to kill him. He goes to Gath, the king of Gath is trying to kill him. He has no food. At this point, he has no food. He's hungry. He's on the run. He wasn't ready to run. He didn't even bring a weapon with him, the scripture tells us. And he ends up with Goliath's sword. So then not only is he in Gath, having defeated their champion, he's turned into town with their sword. Like they know exactly who he is. They know his story. The king of Gath then says, I know your song. They made a song about you. Saul is slain his thousands. David is ten thousands. Like they know everything about him. And this is what happens. I'm not saying the danger's not real. I'm not saying they're not actually after you. I'm not saying they're not talking about you. I'm not saying there isn't a shortage of money in our bank accounts. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying for all the things you don't have, you do have the Lord. For all the things that have been taken from you, the one thing that they cannot take from you is the presence of the Lord. All the things you've lost, all the things that they've taken, all the things that couldn't be in your life today, the one thing they couldn't displace is the presence of God. Hallelujah. They gather themselves together. When they hide themselves, they mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? 
In thy anger cast down the people, O God. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears in thy, yes. in thy bottle. Yes, and they are not, are they not in thy book? What is he saying here? He's saying, Lord, I want you to remember what I'm going through right now. We're steady trying to hide our anxiety. And he's saying, Lord, like put it in your book. I want you to know I'm going through. Like my tears would naturally fall down my cheek and evaporate and go away. He doesn't want that to happen. He says, Lord, put my tears in the bottle so that I remember this moment. I don't want you to let fear run you off. I want you to spring the Lord into the place where your fear is and run your fear off. Like the Lord can do that for you. But we have to trust him. The one real function of fear is to help you. But if you let it get out of control, it will chase you away. It will make you feel unsafe. It will let you focus on the uncertainty of life. Like what's going to happen when I'm driving today? Am I going to get where I'm going safely? You know, my mom, my mom would, and I've talked about this, my mom would, everywhere she goes, my mom would pray. If she were going to the post office, she's praying before she leaves. Like the anxiety of going out, if there was any anxiety about going from point A to point B, she was going to start with the Lord and let the anxiety come with her and then give thanks right when she cuts back. What does that mean? She can't get rid of the uncertainty. But you can't make her get rid of the Lord. Like, I'm going to bring the Lord with me. Like, my job, I don't know what is with my manager. <laughs> I don't know whether he's going to fire me one day or be my best friend the next day. Like, I don't know what relationship we're supposed to have. Right? But one thing I will do is when I'm in your presence with this anxiety, I'm going to bring the Lord with me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The time when I'll be afraid, I'm going to trust and I will not fear. Don't find it contradictory when you're feeling one way, but you know the Lord is going to make a way somehow. It's not a contradiction. He's going to do it. Thank you, Jesus. So David says, not only does he say, Lord, keep track of it. Lord, keep track of what's going on with me. Write it in your book. Put my tears in a bottle. Make sure they don't go away. But he's telling his musician. The one of the words that was here, I was looking it up, the kind of michtum. There's two words that this could, there's two things that this could mean, this michtum of David. It's either when you write it down and gild it in gold, or it's the act of putting something to a tomb, right? So he wanted to make sure in one of two ways that we knew that we recorded and preserved what he was going through. Like... I, the song we sing that kind of reflects this is Jesus I'll never forget what you've done for me which also means I have to, re- have to remember what I went through like if I'm going to never forget how Jesus brought me out of what like Jesus brought me out of something so I have to remember the something But my remembering of the something is meaning I'm remembering the victory. I'm not going to be afraid of what I'm going through. I'm not going to be bothered by the fact that it actually frightened me when I was going through. Because I trusted in the Lord and he brought me out of it. So you can talk about it. 
You can sing about it. You can put it to a tune. You can write it in a book. But I am glad for the victory I have in the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 9 says, When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. Up until now, he was saying, swallow me up. They're going to swallow me. My enemies are all around me. And now he's saying, I'm going to cry unto him. Do you remember verse 3 and 4? He was afraid. There was trust, praise, and I'm not afraid. He's got to that point now. He's crying unto the Lord with his praise, which means he's acknowledging the Lord in the middle of his fear. <laughs> like he's speaking to him, which means God is listening, which means God is hearing. Like I'm shouting to the Lord because I know he's listening. Even if you're doing it through tears, he's hearing your tears, meaning you're not alone. You're not alone. Thank you, Lord. The only alternative we have to fear, the only way we can get past it is by trust. That's the way we're going to defeat fear, is by putting our trust in the Lord. Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, plus the Lord saying to us, for I am with you. Let me keep going here. In God have I put my trust. I will praise, excuse me, in God I will praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. Mm -hmm. He knows now, David is hearing from the Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He started with trust, yes. he's moved to praise, yes. and now he's listening to something other than the fear. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, sir. He started with fear, mm -hmm. he went to trust, yes, sir. he went to praise, and now he's listening to something other than his fear. Yeah. Other than his limbic system, yes, other than his stomach, yes. other than his dilated eyes, yes, other than his pale skin, he's yes, listening now to something else. Yes. That's what trust and praise gets us to do. Yes. It gets us to listen to something other than our fear. Yes. Don't let that be the dominant voice. I told you it is a false prophet. Yes, it's telling you that something in your future is not good. And you're not, it is describing a future that doesn't include the Lord. Yeah. Anybody who describes a future for me yes, needs to feature the Lord in its strongest. Yes, Otherwise, I am rejecting the thing you're asking for yes, me to yes, do. Sir. All right. yes, sir. And so with my fear, I have to reject it because it wants me to imagine life without the Lord. And I'm not going to do it. So I am now in the position of trust. Yes. And I say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm listening to you now. Yes, sir. Verse 11 says, in God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What man can do unto me. Isn't it amazing? Like I said, he spent the whole chapter talking about what they can do to him. Like they're swallowing me. They're talking about me. They know where I'm going, yes. they know where I am, they're laying traps for me. Yes. And then he gets to the end when he's listening, not to his fear, but to the Lord. Yes. He's saying, I'm not going to be afraid of all this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like that journey of starting with fear yes, sir. can lead you in a place where you're completely unafraid. Mm -hmm. yes, sir. Yes, sir. I like that. But you have to be unafraid of the journey. Yes. You can't be afraid to look at your fear and say, I know what you are, and you're lying. Yes, you're lying to okay. me. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, and the Lord has spoken a word into my life yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
My parents prayed over me almost every night. Yes, sir. And I believe the prayer that you pray. That's going to be louder than the fear that is speaking to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Like I believe it more than I believe that lie. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me. The thing that the Lord promised is upon me. If he, if he spoke life into your life, life then that's what's going to happen. I believe the promises of the Lord more than I believe my body's natural response. Like I believe his promises more than that. <laughs> You know, you know when you are, um, your body's a, a beautiful, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to make it very clear. You know, when you, if you accidentally put your hand in a fire and you don't know it, you, you don't have to have a, a logical response to your brain to say, oh, your hand's heating up. You should take it out, right? That doesn't happen. What happens is you, you take the hand out first. Then you say, wow, that was hot. Why? Because your body's designed to take care of itself. You don't want to have to have a logical conversation about whether your hand is burning too much or not. You want your body to take care of that, right? And so the body's going to do some things that are out of your control. But after you've come to your realization, I want you to know that you are in control and you have invited the Lord in. Right? The Lord is the one who's going to take care of you. He says that, Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto me. He says, now that I've acknowledged all this fear, I'm going to give to the Lord what is due. And praises are due unto him. For thou delivered my soul from death. If you've de and that's what he says. He says, will that not deliver my freak from falling? Like, if you're delivering me from death, won't you deliver me from everything else? Like, isn't that harder to do? He's basically saying, you don't have to fear anything. You don't have to be afraid of the uncertainties of death. You don't have to be afraid of the uncertainties of life. You don't have to be afraid of walking down the street or where your bread's going to be because the Lord is going to save you from all of it. Thank you, Jesus. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of of the living. Thank you, Jesus. He has recorded his misery yes. Yes. on one of his worst days and let everybody know about it. Why? Because he wants you to have the same okay. access to the yeah. same trust. Yeah. Unashamedly, I think some of us are sometimes ashamed of what we're going through, of what we're feeling and what we're struggling with. And that feeling makes us even more isolated. Like. If you, that is the worry, I want to tell you right now, you can just send me a text and say, just pray for me, period. And that's all I need to know. That is enough for me. You don't have to give me no more details, but I need you to know you're not alone. You don't have to go through this by yourself. You don't have to struggle with this on your own. Don't let fear become the prophet you listen to. One of the functions of prophets um, in the Old Testament, I'm coming down, one of the functions of prophets in the Old Testament was to recognize when an enemy was coming. They would say, the scripture talks about a watchman and the watchtower, and the watchman needs to do his job, needs to see when the enemy's coming. That is, he needs to identify it. The truth is, we sometimes need help in identifying the things that are bothering us in our lives. And if you're struggling with how to identify it, 
you need to bring somebody else in to help you be a watchman over your soul. The Holy Spirit is doing it, but sometimes we can help each other. The community can do that for each other. I want to, 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 to encourage you today. If there's anything you're going through, bring it to the Lord in prayer. But also open it up so that somebody else can just pray for you. Like I said, I'm not interested in the details. I'm interested in the help. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me just read the last verse again. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt thou not deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? He's basically saying here that once I've got rid of death, the life I'm going to live is going to be amongst people. Right? Yes, yes. There's a terminality to fear that tells you that it's, it's all over. Yes, That's what panic really is, is that idea that I can't quite get my life together and I'm panicking and the fear gets grows and grows and grows. Yes. And David is saying we can stop that and get back to our life yes. with yes. the living. Yes, don't let fear, don't let anxiety of this moment, of this season disrupt your lives. I want you to live life and that more abundantly. May the Lord bless us in the name of the Lord Jesus.